You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Sidewalk Labs' bid to reinvent Toronto starts with shape-shifting streets by Arian Marshall. The hexagonal slices of wood don't look like much. There's the shape, sort of interesting in its architectural way, and the neutral wood color. A few are studded with bright white lights right in the center, which is fun, and the way the hexagons, each the size of a manhole cover, haven't bunched into clusters feels natural and sensible. Surely a Fibonacci sequence is hiding somewhere in there. What's important about these shapes is what they represent to Sidewalk Labs, a sister company to Google, Waymo, and Loon. It's how the company envisions the street of the future, as a series of removable, modular, flexible pavers. During a public roundtable hosted at Sidewalk Lab's new Toronto office this week, participants sat on and played with the experimental shapes, the result of its collaboration with the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and its sensible city lab. The way that space is usually allocated on the street is fixed, Jesse Shapins, Sidewalk Lab's director of public realm, told the Toronto crowd on Tuesday night. To make sure all interested locals could see their presentations, Sidewalk Labs repeated the performance on Wednesday. You have your curb and maybe paint, and that signals different uses. It's hard to change, which means there's less space for people. Contrary to today's concrete-based, permanent way of doing things, the idea here is that these chunks of public space can be reconfigured or lit up differently at different times, thereby reordering the streets with a firm nudge or flick of a light switch. What is during the morning rush hour a bus-only corridor might transform into a kid's play space during the day. Monday's commuter-carrying cycling lane might be Sunday's farmer's market. Streets should be ever-changing. Flexible spaces, goes the argument, not the permanent province of fast-moving, sometimes inconsiderate, often dangerous cars. Sidewalk Labs presented this concept during a drawn-out public process for an ambitious project it has been working on in Toronto since last year. In October, the Alphabet-owned company announced that it had formed a partnership with the city to revitalize a 12-acre bit of lakeside property called Quayside. The company pledged to, with a lot of community input, transform this brownfield into a living model for city of the future. This is slow going, by design. This week's public roundtable is but an early step in the project, and the area won't have a draft of a master plan until next spring. According to the company, a big part of this vision will be rethinking how streets are used. 
On the one hand, Sidewalk Lab's Quayside project embraces beloved Silicon Valley concepts like data crunching and constant iteration. It promises a tabula rasa, returning to first principles to query what city dwellers really need to be happy, wealthy, and wise. Should there be on-street parking, more public squares, affordable housing made of wood, self-driving shuttles? The Toronto team pledges to test, collect data, and adapt over and over again. The key is staying open to what the future holds. We don't know what's going to happen with the autonomous vehicles. Nobody does," said Will Ng, a traffic engineer and mobility lead with the company. But as they're coming, as they're adapting and training on the streets out there today, we think this offers us the opportunity to design the streets we want to see and make the autonomous vehicles toe a new line and meet a new standard. Fortunately for Sidewalk Labs, its sister company Waymo is the putative leader in self-driving tech and should be able to share some intel. On the other hand, this idea of claiming streets for people, not vehicles, isn't new. It's the way things worked before the car muscled in. Even back in the 1960s and 70s, living street movements in the Netherlands and elsewhere promoted a return to wide spaces, free of dictatorial lane markings. People lose responsibility when you give them their own space on the road, says Niji Gulati, who runs transportation initiatives at the Project for Public Spaces, a New York-based nonprofit that promotes the community-led rethinking of public spaces. They don't think they need to be looking out for other people on other modes. They start thinking of other cars as cars and bicycles as bicycles, but not people as people. Indeed. Research suggests that streets with more vegetation, narrow lanes, and elements like traffic circles are safer because drivers must pay more attention to the ever-changing road. Most recently, cities have been leading projects to reclaim or liberate public space. New York kicked cars out of much of Times Square. Pittsburgh closed roads and widened sidewalks in Market Square. At the micro scale, community activists have used planters, tires, and even plungers to urge citizens rethink the streetscape. This concept, though, can make municipal traffic engineers and their lawyers nervous. After all, a mad swirl of people and scooters and cars may look dangerous, even if it isn't. That's why city planners get attached to curb cuts, which they think of as vital design cues, keeping people and vehicles apart as helpful design cues. Plus, installing and then maintaining ultra-flexible concrete pavers, like the kind Sidewalk Labs is envisioning, is more expensive than just laying down asphalt. So is difficult for cities to justify cost-wise, but Alphabet has money. It has the flexibility, and now it has some cool-looking tech to go with it. I'm sometimes skeptical that technology is needed for things like that when you can do it really simply. And cities have been doing similar things for a long time, says Aaron Ben Joseph, who heads up MIT's Urban Studies Planning Department and has studied flexible street space in the U.S. and abroad. His colleagues are collaborating with Sidewalk Labs on this project. But changing perceptions and experimenting with something new—it's pushing it to the right direction, he says. Maybe not new, something old. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts.